Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. So, uh, good morning, and I just want to welcome all of our online viewers because they they write it every week in bold and red. So, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, Just wanted to let everybody know it's snowing outside. And it's not a Texas snow, hallelujah, for you, those of you who are from the north, it's a real legitimate snow. Woo-woo! So feeling pretty good about that. But um, so this morning, and I feel an anointing when it snows, God's saying something because it never snows in Texas. And so it started snowing before I got up here. So the Holy Spirit wants to do something today. Amen? <laughs> we'll see what that is. So... Um, Wow, crazy week, right? Uh, somebody recently told me, they said, talk about politics a lot. And I, I, and I, you know, I just want to clarify for those of you that, that are new to Storehouse, I actually don't talk about politics a lot, or I haven't in the past. Um, in fact, this is the only year that I've really kind of jumped into the fray of it. And, um, and I want you all to know, from the bottom of mine and John's heart, we really don't care about that 501c3 nonsense. (laughs) Because that is just a prison that the enemy has put the church in so that the church cannot speak the truth to the things that are going on in the world. Amen? And if you don't tithe because you don't get a tax deduction, I come forward, I will kick that demon out of you. Okay. We got to get God's perspective that is from heaven on the earth. God is not involved in the government of man. He has a different government. And I want to talk to you about that this morning because this year is going to be a year where I teach about the kingdom. The kingdom, a different kind of system that Jesus came to introduce to us. And so you can think of this year every Sunday or almost every Sunday, um, it's going to be like Kingdom University. Because the truth is, God's people need to learn how to access heaven in order, order to transform the earth. And here at Storehouse, John and I are raising up an army. We're raising up an army that has a different spirit. They don't listen to what's going on around them. They don't look at the giants of the land, but they say, because God said, therefore it will be. End of story. That's all that matters. Amen? So years ago, I had a dream when I was first saved, um, and in that dream, I saw the Statue of Liberty fall. And when it fell, I saw a tree that got resurrected and erected in its place, and there were young people Thousands upon thousands upon thousands as far as the eye could see. And they, they encircled this tree and they began to raise it up until it was fully in place. And then they stood around it day and night, 24-7, and they never left it. And they held the tree up with their hands. And, the, and then the, the, the circle beyond them would hold the people up that were holding up the tree. And there was a sea of humanity of Americans who were holding up this tree and on the, the and etched into the tree was a heart and in the middle it said the tree of life. And so God is doing something in America that's so much bigger than uh, uh, the political parties and all of this. God is coming to get his nation back. Yeah. 
because we didn't realize it, but America had been hijacked and stolen. And the truth of who we, who we were created to be in God is, is being resurrected right now. And the beauty of it is that you get to participate and be a part of this incredible story because the nations belong to the king of the universe. Amen? All right, so the Kingdom University. So my goal this year is to get you operating in the kingdom and the system of the kingdom and, and pull you out of the system of the earth, okay? So think of it like you're being trained to be an army. We have the Lord of hosts who is, who is the captain of the army, and you are that army, and you are going to go forth and do great exploits in this hour. And I love what uh, I love Roland's book, and it is for such a time as this, because in the midst of all of this shaking, we are going to have the fullness of joy. And people are going to be saying, I don't know what she's eating, but I want some of that. Amen. Okay, that's a quote from an 80s movie. Don't ever watch it because that was before I was saved. <laughs> so there was a, um, there's a great short story called um, Escape Christian, Escaping Christendom. Um, I don't know how many of you have ever read it. It's by a guy named Robert Burnell. You can actually Google it. I highly encourage you to read it because when you do, you're going to understand the condition of what I believe is America. Um, and so uh, in, the, in the story, there's, there's a man and he comes to, he's looking for the city of God. And he comes into this place called Christian City. And, uh, and so he starts asking around to everybody and saying, do you know where this, I can find the city of God? Do you know where it is? And they said, oh, no, 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 no. You don't want to go there. This is Christian city. And, the, the, you know, the, in the restaurants, people are saying, God bless you. They're praying over their food. They're, um, there's Christian music playing. Everybody's walking around with a Bible. And they said, this is Christian city. You should stay there. And so he started to kind of get settled in, in Christian city. And, and he passed by an old wise man who was sitting on the side of the road. And the man said, I heard that you're looking for the city of God. And he said, yeah, do you know where it is? And he said, yeah, it's that way. And he pointed, and the direction that he pointed was leading to the desert. And he said, you don't want to stay here. Because if you stay here, you'll be lost. But go find God. You see, the truth is, the way of the kingdom is a narrow way. But those who find it will find life and life abundant. Because if we seek first this kingdom and the system of this kingdom and we begin to operate in this way, what happens is that it's the area of the exponential. We leave behind this earthly thing where there's fear and stress and bitterness and pain and sorrow and shakings. And we actually tap into a different way. Did you know that the first church, they weren't called Christians, they were called the way? Because they functioned in a way that was supernatural, and so people labeled it the way. And, and, and God is coming, and he's restoring these things back to his church for such a time as this. Now, years ago, 
You know, you can look at the history of the church over the ages, and it's just gone through so many different transformations. And the Lord, from the things that was initially stolen, has been adding back into the church, you know, precept upon precept, bringing it back into the truth that the first church was. The, the origins, he's bringing us back into that, except for even more. You will do greater works, right? So you can look at Azusa Street that happened in the 1920s, and you can see that there was a, there was a second Pentecost that happened there where he, he brought the gifts back to God's people, the gift of tongues and healings and signs and wonders. And so over the last hundred years, we've been just enjoying and basking in that and learning how to operate in that. But let me tell you something, that if we continue to focus all of our energies on being trained in the gifts and not in how to operate in the kingdom, it's like somebody saying, I'm, I, I'm a plumber because I've got a toolbox. Well, you're not a plumber because you don't actually work on, on, I don't know, what does a plumber work on? Under the sink. Pipes. Right. Thank you, honey. <laughs> it so helps to be married to a farmer. I actually, John and I have been married for 22 years and I got my first tomato this year, ladies. It was good. It was good. I can tell you, it came right out of the earth, but... He proved to me he could really do it. He's farm boy gone city. So, uh, you know, digging and weeding isn't really his thing. Anyway, so we have to know how to operate in the gifts. Don't get me wrong. Listen to what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying, okay? What I'm not saying is that we don't get trained. It's not that we don't get trained in the gifts, but he said, he didn't say seek first the gifts, Right? He said, seek first my kingdom, and then all of these other things will be given to you. And so we should be people that don't have to get afraid when we see the enemy crouching at our door. I mean, there's all kinds of wild things going on right now. You got China, you got Russia, you got, I mean, you've got, I mean, it's insane. The list is long. And, but what I love about it is what's happening in the body of Christ. It's like, ooh, have you seen her? Oh, she's waking up. Yeah, she's getting, she's finding her voice again. And she's finding her voice because she's finding his voice, right? <laughs> All right, so Jesus and John the Baptist, they show up on the scene around the same time, right? Distant cousins. And you got one that kind of is, you know, he's, he's been in the wilderness a little too long. He's in the desert. He's dressed, he's not, you know, not wearing the latest. You know, it's like, man, dude, you need some help. But eating funny things, right? But, but powerful, powerful. And what is he doing? He's preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, he didn't say repent for the kingdom of salvation is at hand, right? He said Repent for the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom. There's a different kingdom. You live in the kingdom of this world. But there's a higher kingdom that we're supposed to be living in. Okay? We live out of the kingdom of heaven. We live in the kingdom of this world. We actually have it over our doorway. Access heaven and transform the earth. So we're supposed to go up and down. And the, and the methodology of a, of a uh, priest is we go up and we go out. We go up and we go out. So I want to start you by um, reading 
out of Hebrews chapter 12. Now, the book of Hebrews is my favorite book in the Bible. And, um, of course, we don't know who the author is, and I'll tell you my own personal thinking is that it was written by a woman. It could be Phoebe or Priscilla. But I love the book of Hebrews because I, I like the idea of getting a return on my investment. I like the idea if I'm going to, if I'm going to pour my life out and my energy and my love and I'm going to start investing, I want Jesus to get a return. I want his return to be a hundredfold, not 30-fold. 30-fold is good, but I'm looking for a hundredfold return on, on the investment of my life, right? And so, so that's why I like the book of Hebrews because it really does, to me, uh, speak to that. All right, Hebrews 12. All right, we're going to start in verse 18. <clears throat> Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down. Where am I? Where am I? Hebrews 12, the race of faith. Um, Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down in the feeble and make straight. Nope, this isn't it. Hold on a minute. For you have not come to this mountain that they may be touched and that bur- and burned by fire and to blackness and darkness and temptest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the words should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come to the Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. The, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks, but if they do not escape who refused him, who spoke on the earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven." Now, this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Okay. So there is a kingdom that we have been given, and there is a king who is king of this kingdom. 
And we have been called to be both priests and kings to him. But he said very clearly here in the book of Hebrews that he is going to shake these things so that you can live in an unshakable kingdom. And the kingdom of heaven does not get shaken when the earth begins to shake. But what happens is that God is going to shake the earth so that you will find the place that cannot be shaken. Because quite frankly, I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, the American church is basically the Laodicean church. We are rich and we are fat and we are, think we're in need of nothing. But in fact, we are poor and wretched and naked. That's the truth. And he said, I caution you and I, 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 I encourage you to repent and buy from me gold. Let yourself be refined as gold. So this is good news because what's happening around us is perfecting the very Christ in us or the getting rid of the flesh on us so that the Christ in us can fully roar. And God is saying my church has to know who they are in me so that they can go forth and be the army that I always created you to be. The beauty of the kingdom is that everything in the kingdom is actually impossible. I spend most of my life in this area of people thinking that I'm foolish because I believe things that don't make any sense to the natural, to natural wisdom. But the, but the wisdom of heaven is above the wisdom of this earth and the wisdom of man. And so it's a lonely place to be in the kingdom because most of the time people, you say things and people just, they kind of laugh at you and inside they're kind of mocking you because they're like, oh, they don't understand. She doesn't understand. You know, or pat me on the head in their, in their mind like, oh, Tracy. And sometimes that takes years of, of living in that place. I'm just telling you kind of my own personal experience. You know, I kind of had to get over that. I had to get over the whole thing. And the thing is, is that in this kingdom, you cannot have fear of man. <laughs> you know, it's like, how long, oh God, will I be a reproach? And he's like, well, how long do you have? <laughs> You're like, okay, we're having fun. So he expects us to live an impossible supernatural life. In the kingdom is peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit, which is why you really need to get Roland's book, uh, so that we can learn how to live like that. Hebrews chapter 6 um, says that we have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. But it also says this. Hold on. I'm going to turn there, see if I can find it this time. Um, um, in chapter 6, verse 1, I didn't give them this, but I think you need to hear this. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrines of baptism. Now, okay, let's leave behind the doctrines of baptism. Think about that for a minute. You're like, what are we talking about here? He's talking about milk. He's like, okay, church. You have been fed a baby's bottle for long enough. And he says, you got to leave these things behind. And a faith towards God. That's elementary. 
of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and the eternal judgment. So he's saying, you gotta, you gotta, okay, you know, you, you, you get all of that. Now it's time to move on, and now it's time to graduate. What are we graduating into? You're graduating into the truth of who you were created to be, all right? And so we know this because he, he, gave, us a, he, he gave us, you know, a peek under the hood in, in the Old Testament, and he was talking to Moses, and God said to Moses here in Exodus 19, verse 5, he said, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and my covenant, then you will be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. See, God is raising up his priesthood again in the land. This is the priesthood out of Isaiah 61. This is the priesthood that is going to build up and tear down. This is the priesthood that, that the gates of hell will not stand before. So he's saying it's, you're no longer going to go to church to be entertained. You're going to church to get trained. Because when the poop hits the fan... My cell phone is not going to work. And you're going to have to multiply your own food. You're going to have to take a bean and provide for your whole family. That mustard seed is going to have to become a great tree for you. This is an all skate. Remember who, how many of you used to skate with four, four blades? You know, the four old school. And then the disco ball, you know, and it's like, oh, all skate. Okay, we're all going out. Not just the girls, not just the boys. It's an all skate. Everybody gets out and everybody does it. How many of you, like, as an adult, like, actually tripped and fell and, like, your kids are passing you by like they don't know you? Mom, you're so embarrassing me. <clears throat> all right. So, James chapter 2, verse 5. Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs in the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? See, he said the same. He said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Theirs is the kingdom. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. You know when you're poor in spirit? It's not that you're poor. It's that you're poor in spirit, which means you, you understand your spiritual need to, to know God. It doesn't matter the condition. Let's say you don't, you can't pay your rent or you can pay your rent. Your financial condition and your needs, it doesn't matter. But if you're poor in spirit, therefore you will see the kingdom. And he also says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sakes, for they will also see the the, the, the kingdom. Look, we've got to understand the purpose of persecution. Persecution is basically promotion. It's the very thing that hems you in and it begins to create pressure on the outside, which begins to create change on the inside. When you get persecuted, you need to say, praise you God, as you're crying, of course, because you're like, <laughs> I praise you God because... It hurts so bad. But it is a really good thing. It's like popping a pimple. It's there. It's under the skin, and it needs to come out. And so you got to get in there and get it out. Every teenager here is like, yeah. <laughs> All right. 
persecution is an accelerator to the very thing that God has called you to become. Now, I'm all about purpose, you know, you know, the purpose-driven life. But it's really about um, God's after what's on the inside. As you've heard me say, you got you to gotta get what's on the inside from God before you can get on what's on the outside from God. And, and, and so it's this, it's this place on the inside that he is really intentionally going after. So I want to tell you guys a story because it's taken me years <clears throat> to find my way to find God. And listen, I spent a long time just trying to get my own heart okay. Um, and we're going to be talking more about this because this is the year of the kingdom. And by the end of this year, just like it was with Jesus, what did Jesus do? He came and he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he began to teach them about the kingdom. Now, he was teaching them not in a Greek model, which is what we do in churches now. We teach in a Greek model. I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to teach you something. And, um, and then you're going to go home and probably forget everything I said. Unless, of course, I have a funny story. I'm just saying it like it is. But Jesus, what he did is he came in the methodology of the Hebrews, which was I'm going to tell you, then I'm going to show you, and then I'm going to activate you. I'm going to tell you about the kingdom. I'm going to teach you about the kingdom so that you understand. And then I'm going to demonstrate the kingdom to you. And then I am going to activate you in the kingdom. And that's what we're going to do this year at Storehouse. There, there is nobody gets left behind on this. Everybody. And in the activation phases, which you should be doing all throughout the year, we're going to be having testimony after testimony after testimony. Because this is not for the, the super whatever. This is not for the person with the microphone. This is for all of us. Every single one of us belongs to this priesthood. You should get my book because I talk all about this priesthood. And, and this is kind of a crib note. It is, it is, this book is prophetic because it talks to you about the days that we're living in. He told me about these days that are happening 20 years ago. And we've now rolled into it. The second part of this book is really talking about the history of, of God and how he wants to rebuild his temple. Every temple has to have a priest. You are the very house of God. You are the temple of God. And you have to operate in this priesthood in order to receive the things that God wants to bring to you. Okay? In the kingdom, you don't go out and get your future. In the kingdom, your future comes to you. When you operate in the kingdom, you become a magnet for the things that God has created you to do, okay? And so all the things of the universe actually begin to get drawn to you as you learn how to operate in this. Now, if that isn't good news, I don't know what is. Now, the good news of the gospel is not, hey, there's this religion where you get to follow a bunch of rules and try to be good until you die. That is not good news. The good news is that there is a kingdom 
of heaven that you can access and begin to partner with and to begin to bring these things down. And when you do, all of the universe will respond and come so that you can begin to participate in the things that you've been called to do. Amen. All right, so let me give you an example of the kingdom, okay? So John and I, John took me away. John always cringes because he's like, what is she going to (laughs) say? No filter, right? (laughs) Um, John took me uh, uh, for our 20th anniversary. We went to Costa Rica. And it was, uh, we went to this beautiful, nice five-star, 400-acre compound. And, um, and he got the very best. He got, like, the penthouse. And the, we were right on the beach. We had our own pool. And, I mean, it was, it was nice. Ladies, it was nice, right? 20th anniversary, so excited. So we, we land in Costa Rica, and we're at the airport, and it's raining. And, I mean, guys, I've got every bathing suit. I've got, like, five bathing suits, you know. I'm going to be on the beach with the monkeys. By the way, there's monkeys on the beach in Costa Rica. It's kind of cool. You're like, oh, a monkey. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm like, it's raining, you know. And so we're getting our rental car. And so I said to the lady, um, so, you know, what's the weather supposed to be tomorrow? I mean, how's it, you know. And she starts laughing at me. And she said, oh, you're here in the rainy season. <laughs> Excuse me? It's my 20th anniversary, and I have, a, you know, I'm in a five-star hotel. <laughs> and, um, and, I, and I was like, no, no, it's not going to rain on my anniversary. It's not going to rain on my anniversary. And, and, and so I'm like, okay, Lord, we're going to have to have a conversation about this because it can't rain on my anniversary, you know. And so the whole way over there, we actually flew into the wrong airport, so we had to drive like two hours. It was longer than that. How long was it? I don't know. But it was in the rain, you know, got my big floppy hat for the sun. And, you know, that you have to, ladies, you understand this. You can't pack that. You got to carry it on, right? So um, we get there, and the first day, I'm out on the beach, and I'm like, you know, the clouds, no sun, it's, it's sprinkling. So I'm on the beach, and I'm, I'm like having a conversation. And I said, okay, you know, I can't, I, 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 gotta, I can't do this, Lord. You got to change the weather, <clears throat> and um, and so I said, "Can I can I change the weather?" And he said, um, "Yeah." And so I said, "Okay." So I called up some friends of mine and I said, "Hey, so we need to change the weather. I just need agreement." And so I said, "In the name of Jesus, it cannot rain on this property for the time that I'm here." Okay. So the clouds part, the sun comes out, and for seven days. It did not rain on that property. Not one, not one drop of water. It was beautiful, blue sky. Now, all around us, when we would leave the property, like we went deep sea fishing, John caught a sailfish. It was awesome. <clears throat> um, it was raining. But we get back on the property. Here we are. Dun, 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 dun. We get back on the property. No rain. So even the waiters that were waiting on us at the time, they, they said, you know, you guys are really lucky because it's weird. There's no rain here this week. I mean, it rains every day. We're in the rainy season, right? I mean, I was like, yeah, we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> you got a daughter of the king at your, at your place because, you know. 
So, so we checked out on the seventh day. I had my tan. It was great. So we checked out on the seventh day. We're literally walking out of the hotel into the parking lot, and it starts to rain. So what I'm telling you is that heaven has everything, not only that we need, but the word says also that we desire. He knows the desires of your heart. Those that are abiding with him, he will give the desires of of your heart. And so that was a desire of my heart. Now, did I need that? No. But, you know, obviously he was like, okay, well, I guess we don't need rain in this particular area for seven days. Let her have her way or whatever. I don't know. But I can tell you that I've become known as the weather prophet because this summer we're over at the Bryson's for the 4th of July party. And can I tell you, it was like a hundred and a lot. (laughs) And we're like, they've got about, they've got like one of those, you know, wet bouncy things for the kids and but it doesn't matter. It's brutal. There's no wind. There's no nothing. And so one of the my spiritual daughters looks to me, and I'm sitting there in my, my little $4 um, uh, lawn chair, and she said, um, can you do something about this weather? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I, I, I get, I don't, let me ask. And so I said, Lord, can I do something about this weather? And he said, sure. And so I said, okay, in the name of Jesus, I command wind to blow and the and the temperature to drop by 10 degrees that's what it said and you know I kind of believed you know I was like let's see if this works all of a sudden clouds roll in I'm talking in five minutes remember it happened like right away the the clouds rolled in and and this this wind picked up but it was like really strong wind. And we had all these tents set up and they were barbecuing and the tents start flying and they're holding onto them. And they looked at me and they were like, Tracy. And I'm like, sorry. I, I meant a cool breeze. <laughs> so careful when you're, when you're con- working with God in weather patterns, you want to be specific. So what I'm saying to you is Jesus calmed the seas, and he changed the weather. That's just an example of what it is to to function in the kingdom as a daughter of a king. And so I am a priest of the Most High God. Therefore, I slipstream in his authority, and he took the keys to death and hell, and he gave them to me, and he gave them to you. Okay, so we got to do a lot of this this year. You guys... Ask him if you what you can believe him for, because a lot of you have stuff going on in your lives, and you need to start asking the right questions so that you can start getting the right answers. Now, I, I love help, help God, that works. But as you're as you're maturing, he's really expecting us to kind of understand how to navigate this. And so I won't go into all of the details of it. I'm way behind schedule. So I just want to bless you guys. Why don't you stand and um, get on with our our blustery, wintry day. I know. See, she's from Canada. (laughs) Julie's like, it feels like old home week. Well, Father, I just thank you for the beautiful snow. God, I thank you uh, for America. I pray, God, for Donald Trump. I lift him up to you, and I pray that you would strengthen him, that, Father, that you would cover him 
send your angels to stand around him and to guard him. We just say, be healed in Jesus' name, Donald. And Father, we thank you for your kingdom. We want to enter into your kingdom. I pray, God, for wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, God, that we can tap into these things. And Father, I pray that you would guard all of us as we drive in the snow. In Jesus' name, amen.